the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and if you'd like to join us, you can. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Back in 1988, the number one question on the radio to me was, "Is where's your shop? And that was a very uncomfortable situation for me. Difficult at best. So what happens is, is that... My mother back then was an executive at some big company, and she said, you really sound bad. She says, because you're saying the name of your shop. She says, don't you have any friends in the business? And I said, yeah, I do. She says, well, you should talk about your friends. So that's how the best car repair shops list started. And actually, it was the first referral list in Arizona and in the Phoenix area. So I geographically placed these guys I knew and I had their cell phone numbers, and I, I knew they were honest and dependable. I circled the valley area and, and tried to f- cover the middle as best I could. So since 1988, I've been telling you about good shops. It also says on my website that if you have a problem with one of our shops, my shops, and you go and have an arbitrator or a mediator handle it, and if they find f- for the shop and the consumer gets them to find for the shop, or fine for the consumer. I mean, I got that backwards. The consumer wins the arbitration or mediation, and the and the shop doesn't agree to fix it again, or give them some money back. And the shop doesn't agree to. I will up to five thousand dollars. I've never had to pay the five thousand, never, because everybody does what they're supposed to do. Now that doesn't say that we haven't had shops that have had disputes, but I think I've had two since 1988 two shops that went into that and just recently one of the shops wrote a check and it was a check that made the customer happy and I was somewhat involved in that but both of them did a pretty good job that's an important consideration I'm not here for me I'm here for our industry I'm going to represent the very best of our industry so that's what it's all about speaking of good shops Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing is in Mesa been there since 1970 both Brian and his wife Oh, gosh, I always mess this up. Anyway, Brian and his wife um, are always um, looking out for you, and both of them, Thelma. And both of them have a tremendous amount of experience backwards because their parents owned and operated gas stations in Mesa since 1968. So both of them have been around cars for a long time, and Brian and Thelma both know um, exactly what's right or wrong. They're they're on Main Street, just east of Stapley, on the south side of the road. They're the only shop in Mesa. I apologize to you, though, those of you in Mesa. There's other referral lists you can look at. They've got Mesa shops, but 
none of them that have applied, that's an important consideration, none of them that have applied have actually made it. So that's kind of something that's important for you to understand is is that um, you apply and some don't make it. Some decide not to apply and that's okay with me as well. 602-508-0960. Let me also tell you and suggest to you some self-defense for car expense kind of talk. It's, it's things that will help you if you just ask good questions. For instance, I'll, I'll use my shop as an example. It doesn't make any difference. The service writer comes out to you in the lobby or says to you that uh, you need a transmission service and it's really best to do it right now. And you say to them, um, well, how many miles is it between transmission services? And they say, well, it's about 30, 30,000, which you happen to be at 30. So then you can say, you know, let's do this. Can we walk out to my car, and you're talking to the service writer, let's get the owner's manual, and you show me where it says I'm due for a transmission service at 30. Anything made in the last four years is going to go between 80 and 100. We used to do them at 30, and when they took that away from us, it obviously eliminated a 30 and a 60 service. All the newer model cars, all the older model cars had stopping points at 30,000, 60,000, 90,000, and so forth. Today, so many cars, I would say the overwhelming majority, I would guess that 85% of the cars out there have their first major stop, other than oil changes and tire rotations, their first major stop between 70 and 100,000 miles. So as you can imagine, my industry didn't like that. We didn't like the idea of all of a sudden the owner's manual tells the customer that the tranny service is 80,000 miles and we're trying to sell one at 30. It's important to know that the service writer is the contact between you and the technician in the shop. Oftentimes the service writer will just regurgitate what they've heard other service writers say or they'll tell you what they've been told to say, perhaps by the technician. It's not, you cannot expect that the service writer can talk technical with you. But you can just hold their feet to the fire just like you do my service writers and just like you do everybody else's. Then you can say this. You can say, <laughs> I would like you just to write down what I need and put the price next to it. And then, you know, tell me what your name is and what your extension is. And uh, my husband's going to ask for that. Or... I want to check that out from the men's side. I'd like to check it out. So just write down what I need, how much it is, and then put your name and your phone number and your extension number so that, you know, I can blah. Um, that really causes a problem a lot because you'll never get that back. You'll never get the call, and you can ask them. You can hand them your card with your email address on it and just say, you know, send it to me. But nobody's going to sign their name on a 30,000 transmission service when they know good and well that car calls for 90. Now, there are some other, as you can imagine, there's other issues. So they come out and they have your dipstick in their hand and the fluid on the end of the dipstick's brown. And then they have a new can of fluid and they pour it out on their finger and it's pink, it's red, it's beautiful. So they go, this is what yours looks like and this is what new looks like. We'd like to service this. You hope and pray that they didn't pull that dipstick out of a car that's already got smoke transmission fluid. You hope and pray that that 
fluid on the end of the dipstick didn't come <laughs> from a container that somebody uh, caught out of a transmission that had really ugly brown fluid. I'm not suggesting that this is, permeates every aspect of our industry. I'm just giving you some self-defense ideas. This is how you take care of yourself. Then you always ask for your old parts back. Now, you're not going to want the fuel filter or the oil filter. That goes without saying. But you always ask for your old parts back. We had a lady not too long ago that had come in, and uh, she had a traveling mechanic. And he came over, and he pulled a code, and he said he pronounced that this was wrong with it. So he went and bought her. It was an $800 part. And he put it on. He smiled. He disconnected the battery to reboot the computer. He took her money, said thank you. So within the next day or so, the check engine light came on. Um, she called him and couldn't get a hold of him, and he didn't return her calls. So she takes it to the local auto parts store, and you know the end of this story. It had the same code. So at this point, she took it to a shop, and at this point, she's out just shy of a thousand bucks for the service call plus the eight hundred dollar part. So then she takes it to another shop, and they find that there's this boot torn. They replace the boot for $35 plus $75 to $85 worth of diagnostic fees. She's a little hesitant. She says, okay. Now she starts holding that shop's feet to the fire. And you can. That's okay. You can say to them, I want my old part back. So she drives it a month. Everything's fine. No more code. It runs better. It idles better. So she spent a lot of money, 1000 bucks, on a guess. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that there's this new device on television that you plug into your car and it tells you what's the matter. Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm not sitting here trying to drive you to auto repair because it's okay with me. You decide for yourself. But this fix thing is a device that you plug into your car and it may have, it talks to your cell phone under certain conditions and it tells you what's wrong with your car. It's important to know that that thing we plug in just gathers codes. And so the code tells you your problem is in Omaha. But you still got to find the city, uh, or in, in Omaha, Kansas. You find got to find the city, got to find the drive, the street of the drive, and you got to get the address. So behind the code is what we call serial stream data. We can actually watch things happen. So, for instance, you have a mass airflow sensor code, which is a really popular code. And so what you do is, is you check what the mass airflow sensor is measuring. Let's pretend the range is from 1 to 100. Just pretend for, you know, I can build a picture in your head. It's 1 to 100. So we want it to be about 10 at idle. So we start the car up, and it's really 5. Huh. So then we bring it up to 2,000 RPMs, and we want to see a number of 40. And it's lower than it should. So we're saying to ourselves, there is a pattern where the readings are lower than they should be. So then we go, oh, well, it's, had, it's got unmetered air. So the engine is sucking in air. The problem with that is, is that it's supposed to all come through the mass airflow sensor that tells the computer how much air is being ingested into the engine. But if we have this pipe over here that goes directly to the engine and it doesn't go through the mass airflow sensor, all of a sudden we have unmetered air. Now that's serial stream data. That's going behind it. We're using devices that cost us eight to $10,000 to talk to the car and see what the computer's seeing. But here, most importantly than anything else, you know what the numbers are. 
So if I brought you into the shop and said, okay, look here, we're at 10 here and we're at 30 here. And you go, those don't mean anything to me. And he goes, well, 10 is supposed to be 20 and 40 is supposed to be 50 and there's unmetered air in here. And do you run out of power? Yeah, I do. I run out of power. That's because the mass airflow sensor is gulping 8 and the throttle is at 10. So because the mass airflow sensor is at 8, it's not going to deliver, the computer's not going to deliver the necessary fuel for you to drive fast. So that's kind of how it works. The oxygen sensor, oh my God, oxygen sensors. The oxygen sensor simply tells the computer the oxygen content of the exhaust. Here, let's pretend it's one through five. One says there's no, there's a whole bunch of, of, of uh, oxygen in the tailpipe. No fuel, though. No fuel. It says five, it goes, oh my goodness, the oxygen is way low, and I, it's all fuel, fuel. So we have this balance. Think of a glass of water. 10% water, 90% milk, and you flip the glass around, and it's the same thing, except it's the other way around. It's the same way with an oxygen sensor. Low numbers are lean, and high numbers are rich. So low says, I see a lot of oxygen, and we go, I want you to see a little fuel. Think about this. If my numbers are one to five, where do I want that thing? Well, the answer is I want it in the middle. <laughs> I want it 2.5. And then when I throttle it up, I want it to go from 2.5 to 5 and boom, come right back down. If I pull in a vacuum line off the engine and I introduce an abundance of air that it's not supposed to have, then the oxygen sensor goes boom, 1. So 1 to 5. And in order for me to see if it's alive, I'm going to cause a tremendous rich signal and then lots of fuel and then no fuel. So all I'm looking for is the parameters. But if the oxygen sensor is at 2 and doesn't move, and I create a rich condition that I expect to see a 5, and I create a lean condition where there's very little fuel but a whole bunch of air, I want to see 1, it's stuck at 2. Okay, it's bad. I want to tell you on an oxygen sensor code, about 10% of the time, maybe 25 at the most, 25% of the time, we replace the oxygen sensor. 75% of the time, we fix the problem where the oxygen sensor is lying. I'll give you another example real quick. If the fuel filter's plugged up, then we're not going to deliver sufficient fuel to the engine. Because we don't, and we want to, let's pretend 50-50, 50% fuel and 50% air when really it's 14, it's different. So that now all of a sudden we have a substandard fuel supply, we have a whole bunch of oxygen and a little fuel running through there. We have to know that the oxygen sensor is alive, so what are we going to do? We're going to check fuel pressure. Oh, fuel pressure is low. Replace the filter, boom. Oxygen sensor is talking, everything is fine. So you can't believe how many times that we actually change the fuel filter to fix an oxygen sensor code. And if you go to the auto parts store, He'll probably never guess that, and you're going to spend a whole lot of money. But at the end of the day, ask for your old parts back in case it doesn't fix the problem. Then you can take that air, mass airflow sensor back to the shop and say, I got the same code. I got the same problems. Here's my old one. Put my old one back on and take your new one out, and let's start with the credit for the new one. And I'm going to raise my hand and say, that's happened to me. 602-508-0960. We'll be back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. 
We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, I guess, you know, sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 22 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. If you'd like to call and ask a car question or if you want me to settle up argument between you and your husband about who's right or who's wrong <laughs> we can do just about anything you want just give us a call 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 gosh darn you folks you have to understand i got so many papers in front of me and so much to do that i just lose sight sometimes anyway 602-508-0960 one of the things that you can do when you're at the service drive and someone's trying to well, someone's talking to you about a repair you need. Um, we need to flush your injectors. We need to f- <clears throat> flush your throttle body. We need to clean the backside of your valves. We need to flush this. We need to flush your coolant. We need to do all that. Whatever they say, it's okay for you to say, what symptom do I have now that you're going to correct? And no matter whether it's a performance, an air conditioning system, a transmission shift problem, a vibration, whatever, They'll say this, and you go, I don't have that. 
why don't you just write it down, put it on a piece of paper, staple your business card, and give it to me. Here's the, here's the issue. If somebody says to you, I need to turn your back rotors on your, uh, on your car, and they're warped, and you say, well, what symptom are you going to fix? And he says, well, when you come to a stop, the car shakes. And you go, yeah, that, that does that. And he goes, well, I'm going to fix that because the rear, one of the rear rotors is warped, and I'm going to refinish one, both of them. And you say, okay. Now, at the end of the day, when you pick up the car, that vibration when you hit the brakes and come to a stop is going to be gone. So one and one equals two. On the other hand, if they're trying to sell you something, our industry, and it's few and far between, they say, well, you need to have your engine flushed. And you say, well, what symptom are you going to fix that I have today that uh, with your engine flush for $199? They're going to have a tough time with that one. They're gonna, well, it's not really a symptom. What it is is the miles. Okay, so when am I supposed to do it? At 60. Okay, let's pull out the owner's manual real quick and just show me where that's that. there's you know, it says that. So it's it's kind of a left and right thing. It's kind of like you still beat your wife. It's a terrible example, but there's if you say yes, you're an idiot. If you say no, then you're admitting you used to. It's one of those questions, and that's the situation you put service riders in, is what symptom are you going to fix? That's kind of an important talk subject. And then the other thing is, let me see what the owner's manual is. So those are the two kinds of things. Every day I get emails from people who took a car in and they paid for a repair of a, com- a problem. It could be a brake problem. It could be an engine start problem. It could start not start hot not, when the engine's hot, not start when the engine's cold. It may not go past 55 miles an hour. Whatever it is, they call and they go, okay, I just had all this work done and I still have the same problem. And my answer is pretty simple. It's, did you ask for your old parts back? And nobody ever does. And then you need to go back to them and explain to them, it's doing still the exact same thing. I want to take your guy for a ride, and I want to because sh- I can duplicate it. It happens every single time. So I'm going to take him for a ride, and I'm going to show him exactly what I'm talking about. And you say, I've already paid for diagnostic time. Am I going to pay again? And if the shop says, yes, unfortunately, we have to charge you for diagnostic time, then you've got two choices. You say, okay. I don't know if that's real smart. Or you say, you know what, just give me a refund for the repair you did, and I'll just go someplace else. Because what you did didn't fix my problem. Here's the good news. The good news is is if they say no, we're not going to give you a refund, then you go get a second bill that fixes the car. You have two receipts. You call your credit card company and you say, I want to stop payment on that $217 at Mark Salem's garage. And and they'll say, why? And you write it up. Here's repair order number one. They told me that it would fix my problem, which is A. It didn't. I asked for consideration. I asked her f- for them to look at it again on this date. They said no. They wanted to charge me again for another diagnosis. I took it to this shop and they replaced something completely different and my car is fixed. So I want all my money back from the first shop because they didn't do anything for me. I paid them a bunch of money, and nothing happened. And now most of the time, with those two pieces of document, the repair or the credit card company will notify the shop that they're having a charge back. The shop will be able to talk to them, and back and forth it'll go. But more than 50% of the time under those conditions, 
where we actually have two different repair bills dated two different dates. The first one did nothing and the second one did everything. And the second one explains what they did and why they did it. And the customer says it's fixed. So those are the kinds of things that you want to be involved in. Alrighty, we've got a caller. We won't be able to get everything, but who might it be? That would be Bob. Bob, good morning. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. Last week, my son took his 2014 GMC in because it has 100,000 miles. So he's going to have the spark plugs changed, rear end fluid changed, and the brake fluid, not the brake fluid, but the transmission fluid and filter flushed and the coolant flushed. Okay. So they kept it all day. They said they should have it done about by noon, but they said they couldn't get the transmission filter. So they kept it till 5 o'clock, and they forgot to flush the coolant. They charged me $830 for what they did. I got there at 5. I said, you didn't flush the coolant. They said, oh, well, we missed it. But if you bring it back tomorrow, we'll do it for you tomorrow for free. So I wasn't real happy about that. Okay. Um, I got a couple of thoughts. Those are 100,000-mile services. So I agree with the diff, the tranny, the coolant, and I think you said brake fluid too, didn't you? No, I, I misspoke. But not the brake fluid. They changed the rear end fluid, transmission fluid, and filter, and spark plugs. Plugs. Okay, I got that. Yeah. All of that stuff I agree to. Um, I, I'll tell you what's going on right now in our industry is, is, at least for me, and I'll talk for me and a whole bunch of other shops that we all get together and cry on one another's shoulders. It's cold one day and hot the next. Half the people don't show up on Monday, and then we get an overload on Tuesday. We don't have enough sense to call the customer and say, I don't have time enough to do it. I'm going to put it in your file, and you get to hang on to it. Now, stay right there because I'm coming up on a break. So stay right there, and we'll be back in about three and a half minutes. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We're going to finish with Bob. And then we have four lines available right now, 602-508-0960. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm -hmm, phones, mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800 
800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure, If you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your fly. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Well, welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We're going to be here until noon talking about cars. If you'd like to join us, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Autodynamics is Sun City's largest and most trusted source for complete automotive services, says Mark Salem. It's family-owned and operated since 82. They really do good service. They know right from wrong, and it's a second-generation auto repair shop. Chuck Knight opened it. And Chuck Knighty's since kind of gone into retirement, but Derek, his son, is running it. As most of us, the second generation does a little better job than the first. They've been around the shop a long time, plus they have newer ideas. So if you're in Sun City, Auto Dynamics is on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Hey, Bob? Yes. Um, I'll I'll tell you a couple things. Number one, um, I think your $800 for what you got is a bubble above normal average can i say average so i don't think that they took advantage of you at all at the eight hundred dollars um i i wish they would have handled it differently wouldn't you have liked to say we just messed up we took in more cars than we should have today you had an appointment um we just fell down i'm going to put in your file that you get a free coolant flush whenever you want so no matter what, here's my business card. I'm going to write on the back of it, free coolant flush. And they'll pick the card up, of course, when you get it done. But I'm sorry. I think that would have probably been better. You think? Well, I mean, he did offer me the free coolant flush. 
I mean, you know, he did tell me that. It was just that, I mean, I feel like I'm just paying full price. I mean, 800 bucks for what they did, and then my son's time is valuable. So he he lost, he was out of his truck the whole day, and then he's got to schedule another appointment to come back another day. Yeah. You know? and I just, you know what I mean? But yeah. anyway, you, you, I know you, things happen. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't. I don't know the circumstances there. Um, I, I think a lot of us would say, "We'll get you a rental car." I think some of us, and it kind of depends. We look at your history, and you've got thirty-seven repair orders. Plus, we got your wife's car, your car, and your son's truck. So all of a sudden, it's ooh ooh, and your customer number happens to be eleven hundred, and and the guy's got thirty-eight or forty thousand customers. Ooh ooh. So there's lots of options, but the service rider probably isn't in the in the position to do those kinds of things. They can probably give away the, the, the coolant flush, but the rental car and all that kind of stuff would have to go to the service manager, and then they'd have to go to the shop foreman, then they'd have to get the story from the technician, blah. So it could have also been that the guy couldn't get the spark plugs out and had to wait for the senior guy to help him. I mean, there's all these options. So I'm not really sticking up for them. I understand it's an aggravation to go bad. But um, you don't really have a choice. But I have some more bad news for you. Have you done hoses and belts on that yet? No. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm just going to tell you my personal opinion. All of the cars, we have 30-some-odd cars in our fleet that include five cars of the management team, my kids and my wife and I, myself. As far as our cars are concerned and my customers' cars, I want them to change their hoses and belts somewhere around um, – 80,000 to 100,000, and I'd prefer 100,000, or eight years old on the car. And so if you said yours was 14, so... Um, it's right up to 100, and it's going across the country. Eight, That's why I was having it all. So it's going across the country for yeah. the summer. And The so hoses and, and belts, too? Yeah, yeah. Now, here's here's the key. You want all the hoses and belts back. You want to put them in a plastic target bag, and you want to put them underneath the seat. The, your son, God forbid, breaks down in some town that doesn't wake up until Monday morning, and it's Friday afternoon. He might be able to find some guy to come put the belt on, put the hose on. Maybe with a screwdriver, he can put the hose on. The old hoses and the old belts should be kept in the car as extras. You go to Wilcox, Arizona, you break down on Sunday, and you need a fan belt or a hose. Chances are he's going to have to go east or west to go get it. You're not going to get it on a Sunday. But if you say, ooh, I got these old ones. So my advice to you is, is you're at the 100. That's four times around the equator. And I don't know how many heat cycles where the car heats up and then cools down. The heat cycles are what really takes the hoses. But just simply 100,000 miles is the belt. So I, I know you wouldn't want that bad news. But my personal limits are, are uh, you know, 100,000 miles and, and eight years. So, I'm sorry. Thank you very much for calling, and good luck to you. Peter, you're up next. How can I help you? Yes, I have a um, an 87 uh, Chevy P30 step van. Okay. And it runs relatively perfect, except for uh, August, September time frame. Okay. On the freeway, it overheats. Okay. City streets, ask... I could run all day long, no problem. Okay, well, let me ask some questions. When you say overheat, does the red light come on? And if not, tell me where the needle on the gauge is at. Um, so the first time it happened, um, I thought the needle stuck 
or the thermostat stuck because okay, it would go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Pete. Uh, I I I I know that you've come to a conclusion, perhaps what it is, but help me. I need your eyes okay. to tell me what you're saying. Do you have a gauge or do you have a light? Uh, I have a gauge, and the check engine light came on once. Okay, we're going to ignore the check engine light. So for now, because the like check engine light is yellow and amber. That just means caution. Yeah. I want to know when it's running normal. It, where is it on the gauge? Quarter, half, three quarter, or is it flirting with the uh, red zone? Slightly above half. Okay, that's normal. And then where does it go when it gets hot? When it overheats? Uh, pegs out and high. Okay, so we're in the red zone. Yes. Okay, and what do you do? Is it spit and cooling at that point? Uh, so, I, I bought obvious. I bought it used. So the first time it happened, um, it was just before red, and then if I slowed down, it would drop back down to normal. And then if I wasn't paying attention, it would go back up towards the red. And then when I finally pulled over and looked, there was no discernible coolant in it. So I replaced um, all the coolant. And then when I checked it again uh, three or four days later, half the coolant was gone. Okay. When you start it up after it's set all night long, when you start it up, does it idle kind of poorly for the count of four or five and then all of a sudden mysteriously just hum like a sewing machine? Uh, I haven't noticed it acting weird. Just okay. pretty much starts up and runs normal. And and there's nothing on the ground? No. Okay. Well, here's I'm I'm thinking out loud now. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to take a break. You stay right there. I'm going to think out loud, and you and I are going to have more discussions. So just hang on a minute. Anybody else? 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We'll be back. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot, uh, hit an ID that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I, I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. 
path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor, give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman. You just need feedthepig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. I'm going to go back to Peter just like I, I said I would, and then I'm going to get any other calls, 602-508-0960. We're going to be back at, well, we're going to take a break at 11, and then we're going to go till 12, so you're lots of time to call. Peter, what I hear you saying is we have two issues here. When I'm driving around town, I'm not anywhere close to the red zone. I'm normally driving right around the half mark. When I get on the freeway at freeway speeds, the temperature rises, and if I wait, it'll hit the red zone, and I'll pull off, and then I'll, I'll check the coolant, blah, 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 and then I'll take off again, and or I'll get in the city streets, and it won't run hot. And that's number one. And number two is uh, twice I found the cooling system empty. Have I got that right? Yes, with one caveat. Okay. Um, the second time I filled it, I noticed that the reservoir was bone dry, and the little, um, I don't know what the tube is that connects the radiator to the reservoir. Yes. That was missing. Once I replaced it, it's been four months now, and no coolant has evaporated, gone okay. missing, or anything else. That's that's a, that's a, uh, a 3,000 Okay, all right. Up until the time you said that the hose is missing from the radiator neck to the overflow jug, I was going with a three or $4,000 work. Because you're telling me yeah. I've got an unexplained loss of coolant and I don't have anything on the ground. So it's Correct. head gaskets, and that's why I ask you, how does it run after you start it up when it's been sitting hot? And we, we pump coolant because of the pressure of the cooling system we pump coolant into one or two cylinders and it runs rough until we get the water out and the gas in so you've answered that question and what's going on here is is that the coolant on hot the cap releases and puts coolant in the overflow that's why the hot mark is the highest mark then when you park the car as the coolant drops down in the radiator it sucks coolant back out of the jug and that's why the cold marks real low so you're just puking cooling out, but there ain't nothing coming back in. So we're going to set aside the coolant issue because you fixed it. But what I hear you saying is, is around town I'm fine, but I get on the highway and I'm getting into the red zone, right? Midsummer, yes. Not okay. not right now. This time of year, it's running okay. just fine on the freeway. Okay. Um, the only thing it could be is the fan clutch or the radiators got, is plugged. Because if you're forcing water into a radiator that's 10 to 30 to 40% plugged, then instead of the water going into the radiator, the water pretend it's a one-inch hose coming in. And, and let's pretend that it's got the capability of three hoses. So we got water coming in and just lazily going through the radiator and, and going back out, the uh, being sucked by the engine on the lower hose. So hot water comes into the radiator, it falls through the radiator, at the bottom it gets sucked back into the engine and it loses 20 degrees somewhere in there in that process. So in your particular case, if the radiator's plugged up, 
then the water comes in, but it goes through the radiator so fast it doesn't have time to drop its heat off because you have, let's pretend you got a 100 horizontal tubes. You don't, but let's pretend. It's easier for my math. So you got got 100 tubes. 50 of them are plugged up. So instead of the water coming in and taking 100 tubes from driver's side to passenger side or from passenger side to driver's side, either however the horizontal radiator flows, then it just lazily goes by and drops off all this heat. But now all of a sudden half the radiator is plugged, so the water comes in, high pressure behind it, and goes through. So now the fan clutch could cause that as well. Do you ever hear the fan clutch come on? It'll sound like you just dropped to second gear. Have you ever heard that? Um, sometimes. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. That's what I'm looking for. You see, if you never hear the fan clutch lock up, it has a temperature sender in the front of it. So when it senses heat, you should hear that whirring. It sounds like a helicopter. It sounds like a big fan underneath the hood. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm expecting that. If the fan clutch isn't working at 60, 70 miles an hour, we're pushing so much air across the grill that we don't even need the fan. At 60 miles an hour, 70, 80 miles an hour, if your wife's driving 90 miles an hour, lots of air is coming through the grill, lots of air is going over the condenser, and lots of air is going through the radiator. So we don't really need a fan, but I'm happy to hear the fan clutch is coming on. So I would think, how many miles are on your van? Uh, Ted, under 300,000. Okay. Um, you know, there, a lot of us have these infrared devices, <laughs> and we take your car for a ride, and then we put this little thing on it with the television screen, and we go, oh, my God, the whole bottom third of this radiator is hot. And so we're done. We're done. So the symptoms you have indicate clearly it's not the thermostat. Um, you say it's not. The, well, you'll, you'll get into the summertime to see if it's the loss of coolant that didn't have the hose between the radiator neck and the overflow jug. But if you continue to have problems high speed and everything's cold on the slow side, then the radiator's going to have to come out and probably be replaced. That's my guess. Okay? Okay. All, All right. right. Thank good, you. Good luck to you. We don't have any other callers, right? Oh, we do. Go. Yeah, say hello to Ron. Ron, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning. I'm up in Payson, Arizona. Uh, right. I've got a Ford Ranger 2010. Um, it's an automatic V6 four-wheel drive. I've got 40,000 miles on it. So I put on about 4,000 miles a year. Okay. And I know you I'm a fairly new listener, but I'm sure you've told 100 people this. Um, I need to know what you think about changing automatic transmission fluid. We've got several people up here, but not too many, and they're all over the map between never changing it to every 30,000 miles, every 15. And I know the new cars don't even have dipsticks you know so i what do you think on uh on a for a 2010 ranger when should i change that transmission fluid or okay. do i flush it and etc what do you before, think before before and i i agree with you i'm up in pacing right now too but i'm not going to tell you where i live um and i'm teasing you <laughs> um i did how many of those people that told you whatever they told you how many of them pulled the dipstick out and smelled it Mm, the ones that tell me that are behind the desk, and none okay. of them. You okay. know, and and uh, they don't have a good record up here of following through. <laughs> if you tell them to put 40 pounds of air in your tires, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you take it home and check it, they didn't put any in there. Okay. So that's okay. kind of it. And you know what? That happens in every city in the valley as well. 
So we, we, we are, my industry oftentimes doesn't listen as well as they should. In your particular case, I would want to look at the fluid and smell it. I would want you to pull the dipstick out, have a white paper towel next to you, take the paper towel, wipe off the dipstick, and look at the fluid. If the fluid is chocolate brown, if the fluid looks burnt, yes. If the fluent is cherry red and looks pretty and it's opaque, you can see the towel through it, then no. That's it. And it's unfortunate that none of them went out to your car and pulled the dipstick. Now, let me tell you, I, I would agree that the car um, is, what, 10 years old? 10 years old, 40,000 yeah. miles. Okay. I'm not real concerned about the transmission on your car because I'm betting that you're going to pull at this dipstick and say it's pink and it's opaque and everything's fine. Now and I have I, looked at it. Okay. Yep, I have looked at it, and Does, it is pink. Okay. Know. Then the answer, no. Now, let me ask you about your 4,000 miles. When do you change your yep. oil? Once a year. Okay. Good. That's exactly right. And I hope you do it in April, at the beginning of the summertime. So you go yes, through sir, April, I May, do. June, July, and August, and September, you go through with fresh oil. So yep. I, I agree. I'm I'm concerned about everybody being able to tell you what to do without walking out there and looking at it. <laughs> it's just, um, it's, and for you to say nobody did that, then I'm going to tell you that I wouldn't listen to any of them. Um let me let me make a, a suggestion to you. Not on a Monday morning or a Friday afternoon, for obvious reasons. I want you to stop by Fletcher's and ask for Randy. Okay. Okay. I know him. And I think I think Fletcher's is gone. They don't, they're not here I, anymore. They sold out to another company to you're, uh, you're right. Firestone. Yeah, you're right. Go talk to Randy. Just tell him that um, your one of your neighbors suggested that you just talk to Randy. And then you say, Randy, Mark said you'd check my fluid and smell it and tell me if it needs to be replaced. Mark the guy with horses and the diesel that you helped him with the other day. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So Randy should do that for, for nothing. Walk out there and tell him if there's a charge that Mark Salem will send him 10 bucks. Oh, I'd give him 10 bucks no, if he no, gave I'm, me an honest yeah. opinion, you know. He'll have more fun trying to collect $10 from me than he will anything else. But I'll pay him. But anyway, you just go to Randy and have him smell it. Now, there is a tra- don't say any names. There is a transmission shop in town. You can go back to them and say to them, please pull the dipstick. Now, here's the real killer. You say, what kind of fluid does my Ford take? this stuff right here. Would you pour a little bit on my fender right here? Put a drop that's going to be about the size of a dime right there. Now pull my dipstick out, take the end of the dipstick and tap it right next to that other one. I want to see new and I want to see old. (laughs) this This is what the good guys think of. Now my head's broken and you know what the difference between RAM and your hard drive. RAM is like memory this minute and hard drive is your whole life. Both of mine have been scrambled more than once. So in my defense, I laugh at stuff like that, but my sick mind thinks of that. So does everybody else. Whether they do it or not is a different story. So go talk to Randy, um, I think. But at this particular point, if you looked at it and it's opaque, you can see the dipstick through the oil and it's nice and strawberry colored, nice and cherry colored, pink. I'm, 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 I'm saying not yet. Okay. Okay, and and what do, do I fully flush it? Because that's what they tell you too. Some say, nope, we just pull the filter, put in four quarts or whatever. The other, we flush it through with sixteen quarts, and some say, oh, don't do that. You knock all the 
the sediment loose in there. And what okay. do you recommend? A full flush, or do you recommend just a drain and a new filter? If great they, question, they great question. I'm going to change everything. I'm going to say to you, is it Ron or Don? No, Ron. Yeah. Okay, okay, all right. I just didn't couldn't tell my art. That's from okay. Um, I would say to you, this is what I would say, and this is what most the majority of us say. Ron, I want to pull the pan and do the filter because I want to look and see what's inside the pan. I don't want any broken snap rings. I expect some little bitty piles of a black material, which is clutch material, and I want to see a little bit of flaking of metal because the first 40,000 miles, it's going to break the transmission and we're going to polish everything inside. So then I want you to come back whenever you want. If you're going to do it at 40, fine. If you're going to do it at 50, then do the next one at 100, whatever. And then the next time you come in, I want to flush it. So I want okay. to see what's in the oil pan. I want to see if there's a problem. I want to see what it looks like. Then the next time, I'm going to flush it. And yeah, it's going to take, I don't know if it takes 16 quarts or not, but you flush it in until the, the stuff comes out of the other end. <laughs> and we're not going to pull the pan. We're not going to look at the filter. It's just, and you're done. So the flush is obviously a little bit more, more money because we're going to have to spend a little bit more time. Plus, we're going to have to disconnect a couple lines, hook it up to the machine, and then we watch these clear lines and we see what's going in. It looks like strawberry water, and what comes out looks like a, a little bit of chocolate milk. And we do that till we get clean on the outside, and then we're done. So my, my, my response to you is, is the first time we do filter and fluid, the second time we flush. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Very thorough. You were perfect. You give me the answers I needed. I appreciate it. Oh, you bet. You bet. Have a good day. And and to you too, Ron. Folks, I'm going to tell you a story, but I'm going to tell you the other end on the break. A friend of mine calls me, and here's how important the conversation is. I stopped by his house to leave some vacuum parts off for his wife vacuum, and he says, "Oh, my cruise control doesn't work on my Dodge truck." So I said, okay, let me check the fuse. And I checked the fuse, and it's a two-amp fuse. I find it, and it's number seven or number ten in the panel. And it's working. I got power on both sides. He said, I just took it out and looked at it, and I said, I don't want you to do that. I want you to take a 12-volt test light, turn the key on, start the thing, whatever, and touch the left side of the fuse and right side of the fuse, and you better have the light light on both of them. I don't want to look at the fuse because that's just not good. So I go drive the car, and I hook my foot underneath the brake pedal, and I pull the brake pedal towards me. Because sometimes the switch will cancel the cruise control. And if the switch is out of bounds, then the cruise control won't set. So I pull the brake pedal towards me. And I'm driving and I turn it on. And then I push set and resume. And nothing happens. So we go back. And I say to him, Daryl, have you ever had any problems with your air conditioning system? And he, he used some bad words. And he said, why are we talking about the air conditioning system? And I said, because I need to know the answer. Have you ever had a problem with blowing through the center vents or the defrost or the floor when you didn't ask for it? So on the other side of the break, I'll tell you the end of the story, but you'll find it amusing because we're actually able to fix the car by talking. 